Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. We're going to uh, continue our service, our series this morning, looking at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I get Kind of my turn is looking at the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. But I'm going to pray first. I'm going to get going. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have sent your Holy Spirit to us. Thank you so much that he is right here now. And we can know you because he leads us to reveal more of Jesus to us. And, And God, as I speak, Lord, may my words be as if your words speaking to us as a church. God, may we have ears to listen to what you've got to say. In Jesus' name, amen. So a little recap for you. Um, week five, so we've got, had four preachers before. Matt started the series by stating none of us have signed up for dry or dead Christianity, have we? That we are hungry for more of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us life. Um, Bob then spoke to us about a daily filling with Holy Spirit. He may consume us and fill every part of our life. Hannah Pearson, two weeks ago here, spoke about um, the Holy Spirit being our friend, our comforter and truth teller. And then last week at the citywide celebration, we met as three gatherings. We're here in South. There's also one in North and one in High Park. And we met all together at Horsforth High School in the morning. And Matt talked about a daily walking with the Spirit. Today, it's the gift of the Spirit, and I'm going to answer four key questions. Number one, what are the gifts for? Number two, how should they be used? Number three, how do we know if we have any of these gifts? And number four, what is our response? What is my response? We're going to start by answering the first question. What are the gifts for? And to help us do that, we're going to watch a video clip. And it's a video clip from C.S. Lewis's book, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. It was popularized and made into a, a brilliant film. And the Pevensey children, three of them, find themselves, or it's all four of them find themselves in Narnia. Three of them are in this clip. And they, and in Narnia, Narnia has been kind of taken over by the, the white witch Jadis. And, um, there's snow all around signifying her rule. However, hope is stirring. Aslan is on the move. And the children are drawn into this fight to see Narnia restored. And who do they meet? Or well, none other than Father Christmas. I love this film. It, the purpose, you see, of the Pevensey children. Join with, Arnia, uh, with Aslan in saving Narnia. And our job, in a very real sense, as Christians, to join with Jesus in saving people from sin, death and hell. And seeing renewal brought to the city. Santa Claus gives the gifts children so they can play their part in joining with Aslan and saving Narnia. And the Holy Spirit gives us, the children of God, gifts so that we can play our part in building a church, building the church that serves the world. This is how Jesus leaves his disciples with a mission. Matthew 28, then Jesus said to them, 
or came to the men and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am always with you to the very end of the age. Just like the Pevensey children, God has gifted us in different ways that are essential to help us complete this mission. And we'll need to work together to make it happen. So, what are the gifts for? The gifts equip us. First one. The scripture talks about a diverse range of gifts. This table here um, shows Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, and Ephesians 4. These are the named gifts. It's not a kind of a catch-all gift, um, kind of list. There will be other gifts that God has given us. But these, as we see in scripture, are a number of main gifts. The, the Romans 12 isn't meant to be in blue. Um, no more important, but just di- listed differently. These gifts are all given by God, and they're all equally spiritual, but they are different. 1 Corinthians 12 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each to each one, just as he determines. Whatever your gifts, they're spiritual. They're given to you by God. The gifts are to equip us. And the gifts are also given to build the church. In the letters um, Paul writes to the Romans and also the 1 Corinthians, he is teaching into two, kind of the, um, the church. And uh, he is trying to help, not just tell them what the gifts are, but kind of why they are used. So he says to the uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. A couple of chapters later, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, of a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so the church may be built up. All the gifts are given so we can build each other up. Strengthening, encouraging, comforting one another. The gifts are given and used in the church so that we create here a community that reflects the love of Jesus. Imagine if every city, town, village had a community of people who did exactly that. It would be a place where people would come to find healing, divine direction, to receive hospitality, to be prayed for if they're sick, to be served and helped, to find wisdom in difficult situations. The church is to be the most attractive community on the face of the world that brings us to the third reason gifts are given. The gifts mean the church can reach its missional goal to share the love and truth of Jesus to the world. The gifts are given to equip us to build the church that serves the world. Paul gives an example of this in 1 Corinthians. He says, but if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in whilst everyone is prophesying, prophecy, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of the hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Paul gives this example of using this gift of prophecy and it leading to salvation coming. 
And the book of Acts is full of stories where people are using gifts to build the church that serves the world. And people, as a result, come to faith in Jesus. The gifts are given so we can serve the world. In your neighbourhood, in the marketplace, at work, at school, as mums and dads, with friends and neighbours, as committee members, wherever it may be. In your day-to-day life, at the moment, can you think of a situation where you need a gift of the Holy Spirit? Can you think of a person who, for them, that God may give you something, a gift to bless them? When we're meeting people who don't know Jesus, are we asking the Holy Spirit for words of knowledge and prophecy so that God might show his power and care for them? I was chatting with my friend Andy, who is a Christian and he plays cricket in a cricket team. And I was chatting to him last week and he said, he said every, every year his cricket team go to Bradford. And it's a rough part of Bradford. And the cricket pitch has kind of got a little copse of trees. And every year they go, there's a bunch of troublesome teenagers who do something to attack them. So the year before, they had a pair of BB guns. And they were shooting BB guns from the shed, kind of the, the cover of the cops. And Andy, as a Christian, was like, do you know what, fellas? I'll go and, I'll go and feel there. And so the next, next year, kind of a few weeks ago, he comes and he stands on the boundary and he hears whew, whew, something flying past his head. And he looks around, there's two 12-year-olds, he thinks, of being cheeky, throwing pieces of slate at him. And so he's a, he used to be a youth worker, so he goes up to me and says, hey, listen, fellas, you don't want to put me in hospital, do you? And they're like, kind of ignore him. And he goes back and feels where he's meant to be and whew, a piece of slate digs in the floor about a meter beside his left leg another one beside his right leg and he says god what am i going to do and in that moment he heard he just heard this name Jaden, drop into his head and he turns around and he says Jaden, stop it and the kid freaks out how do you know my name and for Jaden, he was flabbergasted. And his friend also was, he was like, oh, do you know what my name is? Tell, tell me what my name is. And before he was able to kind of hear from God and reveal the name, Jaden goes, oh, his name's Derek. And, and then kind of game of cricket carries on. The boys stop throwing slate at Andy or anyone else on the cricket field. And at the end, um, they kind of stood around in the middle of the pitch um, at the end of the game. And Jaden comes up and says, shakes his, Andy's hand and says, I'm sorry, mister. In front of all his cricket friends, Andy's cricket friends, who don't know he's a Christian. And from that, Andy was able to tell them why he knew Jaden's name, why he was able to stop them from throwing slate at him. It demonstrated the Holy, like the Holy Spirit's gift, demonstrated the power of God in that situation. And a number of his friends keep asking him, this, even this last week, what's going on? Who is this God you're talking about? What about when we're around sick people or we see sick people in the street? Are we asking the Holy Spirit for gifts of faith and healing so that we can see them healed? God's desire to heal and restore is huge. And we can be part of that. When we're walking around our neighborhood, are we asking Holy Spirit to lead us to people who need encouragement or mercy extended to them. Perhaps you're in the workplace and there's a tricky situation and you've got a, a colleague who's asking you questions about why do you believe this? And you're a Christian. Why do you believe this? Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom 
so you can know what to say and how to love that person best. Just imagine the impact that we, the church, can have when all the gifts are functioning as God has intended. Healing, wisdom for the workplace, faith for God to move, mercy, administration. These gifts are given to equip us to build a church to serve the world. How should they be used? Fairly simply this morning. Number one, in love. And number two, in team. I'm going to impact each one of these. They're to be used in love. Um, in the Romans passage, as Paul's writing and telling them about the, the gifts and that list, that first list of gifts, he says this, be devoted to one another in love. And then just bef- um, kind of right in the middle of the 1 Corinthians passage, 12 to 14, Paul t- asks the 1 Corinthians, he says, yet I will show you a most excellent way. Do you know what that way is? Love. He then goes on to talk, you know that passage, love is patient, love is kind. And he goes on, that's right in the middle of this, um, these three chapters on gifts of the Holy Spirit. So why then? Why the need for love? Surely it's obvious that we would love people and use our gifts. Well, at the human heart, it, kind of Paul knows, that the, the kind of knows the human heart. And when we talk about gifts of the Spirit, it's easier, easy for us to either come to kind of inferiority feeling, who's like, not good enough, or a superiority feeling of the gifts you've got. You can puff your chest out, all important. 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to, I keep reading from these these two passages, these two passages, Romans and Corinthians. Now, if the foot should say, "Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body," it would it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, "Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body," it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear. Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body in the body, each one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He's addressing here people who feel inferiority um, because we don't have a particular gift. And the danger is, and generally this leads to people not contributing or not committing if you feel like this. And they idolize idolize gifts that other people have. Because I don't have the gift of mercy or leadership or service, then clearly I'm not meant to be part of this church, they might say. Or clearly the church doesn't need me and my gift because I haven't got that gift. And Paul, he, he replies to them, and he would rep- I reply the same to you. God knows exactly what your gifts are and where he wants you to be. You're not meant to be someone else or do something else. God knows you. And he has a role for you to play in the church. And if this mosaic is your home church, then you have a role to play here. We are called to delight, not in the gifts we are given, but in the giver of the gifts. Which is why after I've preached and we respond, there will be time of worship where we perhaps lift our arms and praise God. We are called to delight in the giver, not the gift. Paul then flips the scenario around. He's spoken to those who feel inferior. And now he's speaking to those who feel superior, puffing their chest out because they've got a certain gift. The eye cannot say to the hand, 1 Corinthians 12, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. 
On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable, treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together and given greater honour to the parts it lacked. So there could be, or should be, no division in the body. But its parts have equal concern for each other. Paul is now turning to those who feel superior because they have certain gifts. They idolise their gift and they, they, they are saying in this Corinthian church that they are more important, more honoured. And the danger here that it sows seeds of division and creates some kind of spiritual hierarchy. Paul counters this by saying we honour the person and not the gift. And those people who say they are, uh, you are less because of your gift are indispensable. They are to receive special honour and treatment. Know this, God honours and values all parts of the body, and we're to do the same. We're to use the gifts in love and out of love, just as Jesus did. The gifts operating in love show the world Jesus' body is powerful and loving. Okay, so the gifts are to be used in love, not kind of getting rid of this inferiority complex and a superiority complex. The gifts are to be used in team. And Paul describes uh, the body of Christ, the church, the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it. Notice he doesn't say bodies. We're not lots of individual bodies. We are one body altogether. And the church needs us to play our part. Romans, Paul is then saying, For just as each one has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Paul is telling us that we belong to one another. So we need the gift of prophecy to be people with the gift of prophecy to be hearing what God is saying. We need people with the gift of leadership to lead people. We need people with the gift of giving to give generously and beyond. We need people with the gift of evangelism to help equip others so that we can all share our faith with, with others. The gifts you've been given are needed right here in this church. They're needed in the corporate worldwide body of Christ. My question is, are you using them? Often the gifts have been given already. That you have gifts. Are you using them? One way that we might work this out on a Sunday, Bob's uh, and Ben have both mentioned it separately. Either serving teams on a Sunday, in a mission group like Ben leads, or perhaps kind of serving in community events we get part of. Or for others, some of you, you may have a passion to start something new and serve in new ways. So if you're a leader, why not start a new mission group or multiply the one you're in? If you have the gift of faith and miracles, why don't you gather people together who similarly have those gifts and do some kind of cold contact evangelism on the streets? If you've got the gift of hospitality, can you help people find a home here at Mosaic? If you've got the gift of prophecy, are you asking God each week as you come on a Sunday morning that he might use you and your gift to strengthen, encourage and comfort the church? Think back to the Narnia clip again. Imagine Father Christmas, the Holy Spirit, had only given Peter gifts and he hadn't given Susan or Lucy gifts. It would have meant that Susan wouldn't have been able to call for help at the very moment. 
she needed to. Or it would have meant that Lucy wouldn't have been able to heal her brother Edmund with her potion. Exactly the picture Paul paints. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. We can't prioritize just a few gifts. We need all gifts operating in the church to fulfill the mission God has given us. Let me illustrate. By painting a picture, imagine a dinner party, okay? And there's a, bunch of, a whole bunch of people there. And I'm holding the biggest chocolate cake you've ever seen, layered with cream and jam and strawberries. With You imagine it, okay? Big chocolate cake. And I come into the room holding on a huge tray. And I trip and it goes flying everywhere. If you've got the gift of mercy, you'd say, oh, you poor thing. It could have happened to anyone. In fact, when I've just been like you, I'm a clumsy old thing too. If you've got the gift of serving, no problem, I will clean up this mess straight away. If you're prophetic, you might say, ah, that's what happens when you're not careful. It's a great lesson for us all to learn. If you've got the gift of encouragement, you'd come alongside me and say, Dan, don't worry, it's not a train crash. We can get through this. If you've got the gift of teaching, you say, the reason the plate slipped is because... Whatever the reason is. The plate is wet and slippery. Or because your shoes are too big for your feet. If you've got the gift of giving, you just nip out and go and buy another cake. If you've got the gift of leadership, you say, listen up team, this is just a momentary hiccup. And it will not stop us achieving our long-term objectives. If you've got the gift of administration, you call Matt in to get the mop. You you send Bob out um, to go and get some napkins. And Emma would be off to, to the shop to get another pudding. And if you've got the gift of hospitality, you've invited everyone to your house in the first place for the party. We, if we are Christians, are given gifts to serve the body in love and in team. Okay, time to get practical. Here's a question. How do you know if you have any of these gifts? Simple answer. If you're writing this down, this is an, ac- an acronym that's coming. E-A-S-E. How do you know if you've got any of these gifts? Those of you not writing it down, you can remember it. Ease. How, how do you know? With ease. First up, E for enjoy. The, the reality is, if God has given you a gift, you are most likely to feel mo- kind, of, kind of full in doing them. That you will enjoy the things that you're gifted at. What gives you a buzz after you've done it? What means that you're fulfilled and, and have joy in using your gift to see others touched? Or seeing something great happen through you playing your part in building the body of Christ? E for enjoy. A for ask. Ask other people what, what gifts they think you have. Often people who know you well or those who are in leadership and have spot, who spot you. And this is something that quite often you don't quite know yourself sometimes. Oh, what are my gifts? But other people can probably see it more clearly. Ask God what he thinks. And perhaps as well, that I want you to be careful with this, but there are some spiritual gift questionnaires on the World Wide Web. Some of them, I don't know where they've got them. Others 
are good. So what I'll make sure I do is I, I'll post one to the city um, so that it has kind of like, yeah, this one's okay, this one will work. Or at least it might not work, but it won't say anything it shouldn't say. S, serve. Okay, so here's, join a serving team and start to discover what your gifts are. My experience, and many others, is you start as generalists and you become, have a, end up with a kind of a specialism. And that's the case with serving. And as you serve, specific gifts become apparent. Look around the room. Look around the church. What are the doors open to you right now that you can have a go at? If it's leadership, can you join a, um, a serving team and lead a team that you're on? Can you, in your mission group, are you part of the core team of your mission group? Are you part of um, leading in what you're doing? If you feel you have a teaching gift, um, are you discipling others? Are you kind of getting together with others and unpacking the scriptures? You, can, you can't truly, I'd say, understand yourself and your gifts unless you actually are trying to use them. Okay, E-A-S-E, final, explore, read more, study about spiritual gifts. And as you study, I bet you'll be able to identify those you have more than you have of others. And PJ Smythe, he's a pastor in South Africa. Um, I'm going to load up one of his resources. It's called um, The Empowering Spirit. And it's really quite a long document, but it it systematically goes through all the gifts that Paul talks about in um, these three books, Ephesians, Romans, and 1 Corinthians. Okay. What's our response? Work out your gifts with ease. Secondly, ask for gifts from the Holy Spirit to build the church to serve the world. Paul's telling um, the Corinthian church to eagerly desire gifts. And I imagine Paul himself doing that. I imagine him from wherever he's writing this letter. He's on his knees and he's crying to God. He's eagerly desiring. He says, please, Lord, equip me with a gift to build the church to serve the world. Please, Lord, there are too many lost people out there, Lord. I know I have your Holy Spirit strengthening me every day, but Lord, give me the gift of evangelism so that many would respond to the the gospel and I can equip many others to go out and reach people. Lord, please give me the gift of mercy so that compassion may be poured out. Give me the gift of prophecy so that I may be able to be strengthening, encouraging and, and, and comforting the church. Oh Lord, pour out your gifts on the church so that we might bless the world. Can you imagine him on his knees praying, God, give me the gifts that I need to fulfill my role in the mission. And I think that should be our posture as well. God, equip me, grow my gifts. And right now for me, I'm asking for the gift of faith so that as I lead amongst us, we might see faith and hope imparted to us for God to do amazing things amongst us, to build his church, to serve the world, more than we could ever see just on our own. So work out your gifts, ask for gifts. Thirdly, grow the gifts you have, put them into practice, find a place, find places to use the emergent gifts you feel you have. Paul says to Timothy, young Christian that who clearly has gifts God has given him. He says, fan into the flame the gifts you've been received, you have received. Fan them into flame. Can you imagine that picture in your mind? You've got some embers that are 
beginning to glow and you fan them into flame with a set of bellows or with your mouth and you smoke oil in your eyes, but you're, you're so intense, you really want to grow the gifts God has for you. It's a bit like a muscle. So muscles, the posh word is atrophy, it grows. And when you use a muscle, it gets bigger. It breaks down first and gets bigger. And it's exactly the same with the way we use gifts. They can be grown by practice. And fourthly, give yourself to the mission and commit to playing your part, whatever that is. And also whatever kind of the the mission of God you feel you have. If you're part of Mosaic, I hope it's quite clear of what we're trying to do. Build a church that serves the world in this local area and wherever you find yourselves, at work, in your streets, wherever. But it may be that you've come from another church or you live in a different place. And my encouragement to you is that you yourself give yourself to the mission and the part God has, what God has given you to play your part. Okay, as you came in, this is our response. Um, I gave you a piece of Lego. Can you find it? If you haven't, if you're an adult and you've not got a piece of Lego, um, we can give you some more. Yes. Raise your hand and the Lego will come round. Now, I'm glad so many of you kept them safe. Don't take them away or my little boy will be probably quite upset. I won't name and shame, but he might be quite upset. Anyway, I've spoken about the church being a body and the church being on mission. But we're going to build something together with our pieces. It may take some time, but we're going to build a house. Um, Adrian and Jamie, would you mind picking up this, the big table, bringing it um, to the front? That would be great. And as we respond, I want, to, I want you to take, if you're happy, if you want to do this, if you feel like, yep, I want to commit in, take your piece and build it as part of the building. And by doing it, you're saying, I give myself again to the mission God's called us to. Or if, and it, making sure people are happy with this, the, it's the worldwide church, the people of Jesus, right? It's not just what Mosaic's doing, the worldwide church. That's what this is represented. And obviously, because we're all gathering in the same place on Sunday morning, that there is a sense of Mosaic here. Um, but that you're committing to play your part and working out your gifts, asking for gifts, and growing your gifts. Um, I'm going to invite the band up. Um, I don't know if the band want to add to the pieces before you head um, to get your instruments, but um, your response is to bring your piece, and to place it as part of the body, to place it as part of the building that we're building here together, and saying, I'm committing God. This is my, this is my act of worship. I'm committing here to be part of, of what you're building, a church that blesses and serves the world. Um, and then Bob will kind of take us through into the next part of our response and our worship. But let me pray. Lord God, you are so good to us. Thank you, God, that you do not leave us here on our own. You promised the Spirit, uh, the Spirit to fill us, equip us, be near to us, comfort us, tell us the truth, be our friend. Reveal Jesus to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you do all those things. And thank you, Holy Spirit, you bring us to unity, to, to bring us together. And the image of the body, the image of being built together and having roles to play is, is tremendously releasing. And I pray, Lord, forgive us where we 
we feel like we are inferior and we we are idolizing others gifts forgive us lord where we feel we're superior and we're idolizing the gift that we received ourselves and lord i thank you king jesus that you welcome us whoever we are into your family and as we respond give us courage and conviction to play our part in jesus name amen Thank you.